Progressive Rugby League. Great to be back. What a week. John O'Duncan here, still on a high from meeting Rugby League. And by my side, as always, is big... Albert Dim, how are you, sir? G'day. It's it's Alistair. You know, how long have you known me for? I can't forget really it. Quite, just really quite disappointing. But anyway, that aside, I'm feeling good. That's fantastic. And I can't wait to get into what's going to be a spectacular episode. I'm not surprised you're feeling great. So should we get into it? What have we got this week? Have we got a reflection or have we got this tiger's life? I think, I think we know what's coming. It's the penultimate episode of this tiger's <laughs> life. Well, I'm glad you said that because I thought it might be this tiger's life again and and it's kind of a special occasion after what happened over the weekend. So I thought I'd prepare a little intro to this Tiger's Life because it's becoming a staple of our show. Sure. And so I'd like to know your thoughts and you can be brutally honest, okay? okay. So Now, don't ask for honesty if you can't <laughs> accept the honest answer. I'm no, just putting no, it no, out no. there. I'm happy for okay. you to, because this is a, a big part of the show now. So I thought it deserves <laughs> deserves its own little You know, you know why it's jingle. a big part of the show? Because I couldn't think of anything else to talk about. It's like my... I'm obsessed. I admit it, I'm obsessed, okay? All right, anyway. Here it goes, ladies and gentlemen. One does he do to himself every week filled with strife? It's an emotional roller coaster. It's this tiger's life. I'll tell you what, it's hilarious. Oh, okay. It's it's kind of kind of annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but it's short, so that's yes. so that makes up for it's it. It's about eight <laughs> seconds. No, that's fine. It can stay. I like it. Okay. I really. I, 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 you know what? I'm flattered that you went to the effort. The thing was is, that, was, it wasn't rugby league doing backups, was it? <laughs> no, it was, no. Okay, I guess it was all Jay Duncan. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about annoying jingles is you listen to it three times. That's when you judge it. Yeah. So I mean, listen to it a couple of times tonight and get back <laughs> to me. Anyway, we can talk about jingles all night, but we'll save that for our sister podcast progressive jingles so why don't, we get, why don't we get started with the this tiger's life uh, episode this, this tiger's life well who'd have thought what a difference a week makes last week i was crafting a a pretty heartfelt but stern banner mm. to tell the tigers exactly what where i was in terms of like acceptability of, of where my fandom was at and their performances on the field blah 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 but now none of that matters because it's guaranteed 100 guaranteed that they're going to make the finals and i can't <laughs> be happier after eight years of watching other teams every single other team it seems make the finals in some way or another and progress to various stages and always having to find a reason to to support another team and you know you know well, i really want Canberra to win because i care about the footprint of the game or it's nice for melbourne to win because they didn't have a strong that's all true but just once I wanted to go for my team and I can't believe it's guaranteed that I'm going to be able to do it it's just such a wonderful feeling what a load of what a I'm, I'm so happy you'd forgive me for asking what the hell are you talking about what do you mean <laughs> uh, I'm a bit puzzled because obviously there's still one week to go the finals aren't there yet they're still going to beat the Sharks this is all minor details right none of this matters okay Sunday afternoon 
Season on the line, sold out, Leichhardt Oval. Can it get any better? I am going. How, how the hell am I going to get through the rest of this week? Honestly, I don't know. I thought you'd be dreading Sunday afternoon. Why would I dread it when they're guaranteed to win? <laughs> this is a guaranteed win. I can't believe it. But you were just talking a couple of weeks ago about you had the same situation against the Raiders two or three years ago, Sunday afternoon, in the two o'clock time slot. And all you had to do was win, and you got absolutely pumped by 60 points. So, Jono, what's gotten Jono, into you? That was the loss we had to have. <laughs> They've learned from the past. They've learned from those previous mistakes, thinking that just the crowd and the occasion is going to get them over the line. Those things are going to help, but the effort of this wonderful, wonderful team mm. is going to do it. And well, I, it's about time. There's so much on the line this Sunday, isn't there? Not only the battle for eighth, but also... If they lose, they could slip out of ninth as well. They're coveted ninth position because the Knights have to win and there's a close for and against situation there. So it's not just... Yeah, it's not just a matter of winning to make the eighth, but winning to avoid tenth. Well, I haven't actually paid attention to it to ninth or tenth because none of those are a possibility. It's guaranteed seventh or eighth, which is which is brilliant. Fine with me. Okay, okay, so well... It's just going to be so good. And I'm gonna kind of, it's going to be like actually winning the grand final. It might, this is our grand final. Absolutely. It, if, it, it might as well be. If the Tigers make the eight, that is a huge achievement. I've said yeah. many times, you have a average to below average list ah. and making the finals will be epic. And I think just making the last day of the regular season is a great achievement. And it's better than what you guys did last year. You, you guys came ninth last year, but you were out three or four weeks uh, mm. leading into the final. So I think improvement, well done, Michael McGuire, well done, Benji and the players. You know, decent season. It's, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I honestly don't know what to do with my time. <laughs> I don't know what to do. My, my thoughts, my energy, I can't sleep. I didn't sleep at all last night. And I don't want to sleep because I don't want to miss a moment of this wonderful world where the Tigers are guaranteed a final spot. <laughs> yes! And if they don't make it? I, what, I don't understand what you just said. Were you watching the game yesterday? Uh, yeah, I was at the game yesterday. Went, went all the way out to the SCG for that one. And it was it was kind of weird, right? Because the result of the, the Tigers-Dragons game really hinged... Or not the result of it, sorry. But the, um, the importance the of importance, it. The importance, thank you, of that game really hinged on the result of the Canberra Raiders game, which was going on mm. uh, all, all the TVs around. And then, of course, it went into Golden Point, so it finished after the Tigers game had started. Yeah. So it was um, it was really nail-biting stuff. I wonder if that's why the Tigers started the game pretty flat. Sure, they scored first, but then the Dragons came on top of them the rest of that first half, basically. And then, I think once they realised, hey, we've really got to win this, and then we're in with a real shot, they really clicked into gear. Well, I had a real moment of, of like realisation during that game because I, I, I didn't watch the first five to ten minutes of the Tigers-Dragons game that I was at because mm. I was inside watching the, the wow. end of the Cronulla Raiders game. And it's like once the Raiders won and Cronulla had lost, this wave of release swept over me and I thought, oh, fantastic, that's that. And then three seconds later, a moment of sheer panic and anxiety because I'm like, oh, the Tigers really need to win this yeah. one. Now I can't handle the pressure. It's oh, my those... God, they can't throw the season away now. Yeah, because it yeah. became one of those games they really should win, yeah. which yeah. is the Achilles heel, of Like course. they should win and needed to win, but mm. they did. I was really, really happy with the way the way things ended. Well, from a neutral's perspective, it's a genuine 50-50. It's like back in the day when you had the top five in the New South Wales Rugby League and you'd have the fifth and sixth playoff when there was teams tied in fifth and this is like a fifth and sixth playoff one week early except it's eighth and ninth and except it's nothing like the fifth and sixth playoff so there you go yeah, it's, I think it's, it's I mean wonderful a wonderfully happy accident of, of scheduling that it all comes mm. down to the second last game of the year to decide the makeup of the top eight yeah beautiful stuff but it doesn't really matter because we know what's going to happen mm. guaranteed Tigers win yeah and you never know once you're in the finals 
A season finals campaigner like me knows <laughs> that once you're in the finals, anything can happen. Well, the Tigers have a pretty good record of converting finals appearances to grand finals, like one from three or something. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, they're 100% successful in all grand finals they've played in. So yeah, once they get there, guaranteed. Well, a wonderful rendition of this Tigers life. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. again, Big Al. I think it really deserved that jingle. <laughs> I might have to come up with something better, though. Look, my reflection, jeez, Big Al, I've been busy at work the last few weeks. And the other night, I arrived home and just devoured a whole block of darkish chocolate. Ooh, yeah. what, the, what was the cocoa percentage on that one? Well, it was 70%. Now, okay. there's always... That's decent. I, yeah. thought, I thought you were going to, like, you know, bump it up and be like 85%. Well, well, you no can't. one can eat that much. No, exactly right. 70% is the sweet spot. Yeah. Now, there's always a block of 70 to 78% staring me in the face from the kitchen bench. And normally, I'll just nibble on one humble piece of a night. But this particular evening, under fatigue... I just couldn't resist temptation. Mm. Now, we're all faced with varying degrees of temptation pretty much all the time. You look at the bombardment of advertising everywhere we turn. And of course, temptation has been front and centre of the human experience ever since a serpent named Satan tempted a sweet young couple from the Garden of Eden to chow down on some sweet, juicy, forbidden fruit. And as we've said in the past, there is no more human sport than rugby league. And of course, temptation, therefore, is always going to rear its head. The temptation to jump out of the line and put a big hit on. The temptation to throw an outrageous flick pass. The temptation to avenge a cheap shot you just caught five minutes earlier. Naturally, coaches try to rid players of on-field and off-field temptations. Don't run out of the line. Hold on to the ball. Check your discipline. But we at Progressive Rugby League are always extolling players and players who give in to temptation. Mm. Chuck it around, we say. Mm. Throw that flick pass. Don't worry about the result. Entertain us. Don't listen to your coach. Does that make us the devil? Ooh. Are we the serpent to the hordes of innocent rugby league Adams and Eves? Anyway, above all, it reminds me that we need rules in rugby league that heighten the tension between giving into or fending off temptation. And the best way to do that is to have rules that facilitate fatigue. As I've mentioned, I was under fatigue when I gobbled down that block of 70%. We need to ensure that we have a game that fatigues its players and tempts them. Because obviously watching 26 robots for 80 minutes ain't no fun. If they're doing everything in synchronization, that would be pretty cool. That's true. Like holding precision driving or mm, something. Exactly. That's always fun. <clears throat> so that's my reflection on Temptation. So is, if I'm going to follow this, this logic, mm. uh, which I don't disagree with, you think that how do, you, how do you increase fatigue? Well, then you reduce interchange or something like that. Sure. So as players get more and more fatigued, mm. the incidences of flick passes will increase? Is well, that I mean, <laughs> shortcuts. You know, you're tempted to take the shortcut. Like, you know, you'll jump out of the line to try nip an attacking raid in the bud, which mm. will create a gap, which will create a line break. And I see. So exciting fatigue play. will increase defensive shortcuts, which will therefore increase flick passes. Yeah, and, ex- oh, and general excitement. And general excitement. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a... You're on board? I'm on board, definitely. Great. Well, there are reflections for the week. So why don't we hit the mailbag? Let's do it. Here it is. People have questions. People have thoughts. They write into us. We try to answer them. PRL Mailbag. It's the PRL Mailbag. Mailbag time, and Gene from Sydney was back in touch during the week, sharing our excitement over the battle tonight on the NRL ladder. It's a classic battle. And it just got a whole lot more interesting. Now, 
He also commented on our chat about the dancing chops of the purple one, the only Prince. Mm. He may not have been a dancer, Gene said, but he sure had the moves. You knew he could dance, even without showing you. True. There you go. Elsewhere, Ian East from Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds, our mythical, mystical marvel of a man with a double compass, got a kick out of the SMH article we mentioned last week about the changing face of Parramatta Eels fans. He said, It was particularly interesting to read that Parramatta fans born in Kenya, India and China and Lebanon, etc., primarily identified as Australian. In broader socio-political terms, this to me is the ideal anti-racist model for building identity within a political realm, an inclusive idea based on residency, not ethnicity, similar to the post-national view most widely held in Canada. That Ian... You're following? That Ian East. What a guy. He is quite the thinker. Now, Ian also raised the interesting tension between that modern sense of identity where you can reasonably identify with different nationalities and the way sports set their eligibility rules for international competition. Now, people sometimes criticise rugby league's eligibility rules for being loose. But I suppose, and this is me, John O'Duncan, talking, it is actually reflective of a modern, globalised society. If I was born in the UK to Jamaican parents, isn't it reasonable for me to feel both British and Jamaican? And if so, shouldn't I be able to choose who I play for? But then again, is it too loose for legitimate international competition? Anyway, back to Ian. He said clubs generally need to engage with players from migrant backgrounds as well as Huddersfield have historically done with its West Indian communities. And as long as they have a good choice of who to play for, both rugby league and wider society will win. He also noted in many rugby league towns in the north, there has been a growing Polish population in recent years Mm. and that Warrington are one of the clubs who have sought to actively engage that community. So there you go. Wow. But I do, I often get quite defensive of International Rugby League's country nomination procedure, what would you say? Because people say, well, you know, how can you be born here but play for another country? And, you know, just because your grandfather's, you know, country X, it's flimsy that you can just nominate Mm. to play here, but they're everywhere. But if you keep going down that route, you know, in, in 50 years' time, you're only going to be able to have international competition between certain European countries, mm. certain American countries, and certain Australasian countries, just through economic migration, which will naturally happen as more and more people seek to go to those... Right, economies. Those economies, exactly. So I, I feel that in the Australian example, Australia prides itself on being a multicultural society where you, you are both Australian and the culture that you identify with, and therefore... Why can't you represent that culture Mm. on the sporting stage as well? Yeah, it's true. I think people see the rugby league eligibility criteria as being a pathway towards more legitimate international competition. So you make it a little looser than other sports and encourage people to play for tier B nations and hopefully build the competitive nature of rugby league internationally. But really... What we're saying is maybe rugby league is not just trying to catch up. Maybe they're ahead of the curve. There we go. As always. Ian also delivered a beautiful ode to the game on its birthday, which we mentioned occurred during the week. And thanks to Andrew 13 or Andrew 13 for pointing it out to us. He said, those with power and wealth wanted to stop the rest of us from spoiling their fun. Would anyone challenge them? 124 years ago today, we did. We stood up where we lived and created something to give everyone a chance. It became known as Rugby League. Inspirational. Good stuff. Absolutely. Well done, Ian East from Leeds or Ian from East Leeds. Now to France. Friend of the show, Gab Willisey of No Helmets Required fame has been on a tour of France of his own. Like us, he took in a Toulouse Olympic game. 
his against Dewsbury over the weekend, and he also visited and was warmly welcomed to Toulouse Olympic training. And he's been sharing some great snaps of his journey around Toulouse, Albi and the rest, and will no doubt release some interesting articles about his experiences. I am totally jealous that he got to go to Albi and we didn't. I know, that's a sore point from our tour. <laughs> I stopped us. Yeah, you did. We had to you go, I'm sorry. the Albi plans. I'm so sorry. But it brings back memories, doesn't it? It's just like, what a wonderful part of the world that was. This is something I was going to bring up in the international update, but mm. since we had that trip, watching games uh, played by Catalan or any of the Sweet Babies, yeah. except for the Wolfpack because we didn't go to Toronto, yeah. it's, it's such a more fulfilling experience now because I'm familiar with the ground and the yeah. places. So watching you know, the Toulouse Dewsbury highlights or watching the Catalan Hull, sorry, Cat- the Cat- <laughs> Hull game, being aware of those grounds and, and yeah. the, it just felt so, I don't know, comforting almost. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, you get I could, a lot more yeah, out of because I had a real connection to the place. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, we just want to go back there, don't we? Mm. Maybe next year. Gina from Sydney also got in touch about our chat last week on introvert and extrovert rugby league fans. She kind of sided with you on this one. You can be an introvert and make some noise to create a bit of atmosphere for your new-to-rugby league mates. It's not the result, she says more the internal processes involved that decides whether you're an introvert or extrovert. I suppose that's true. Mm. Thank you, Gina. So, another cracking mailbag. You can get in touch with us on the Twitters at progressiverl at outlook.com or via Instagram. <gasps> Wonderful. We're on a roll. <laughs> Don't stop now. <laughs> should we? Should we? We should. Slug me, gallon me. We like what we see when it comes to French Canadian Rugby 13. Beautiful stuff. So let's keep it rolling, and we'll start right at the top with Catalan. Unfortunately, they've stayed true to form, mm. uh, and they've gone belly up to Hull KR, losing twenty-four to six. A bit of emotion in this one because it's Greg Bird's last game as a player mm. at their home ground. So, if memory serves me, he signed a long-term deal as a player and some sort of coaching uh, with some sort of coaching element to it as well. Okay. So I think he's transitioning. I think he's staying with the club and transitioning to coaching, training, some sort of administrative role. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Other than that, it was a crucial game for the other Super League sweet baby, the London Broncos, who really needed the Dragons to come through and beat Hull KR Mm. to keep them at the foot of the table alongside them. Unfortunately, nothing new from the Dragons. They got the death wobbles and Mm. they fell right off that skateboard and face planted in the dirt. It is a shame. I mean... It's fair to say, I'm looking at the positive side of things here, mm. you could say that Catalan Dragons, they're a very generous team because they themselves have kept the relegation fight interesting. Any team who's within the relegation battle, they're just generously giving them two points. You need two points? Have some two points. Here you go. You're struggling in relegation battle? Have a win. Have a W. <laughs> there you go, mate. Obviously good on you. <laughs> they've lost recently to Leeds, London, and now Hull KR. So mm. they've got one more game against the relegation battler in the last round, Huddersfield. Mm. So you may as well chalk that up. But um, look, another disappointing home loss. They've lost a few at home in a row now. And another person who's departing Catalan Dragons is Tony Gigot. Mm. on his way out of Catalan Dragons, which is a shame, I think, because he's done some great things, including the Lance Todd Trophy in the last year's Challenge Cup. And to me, Gigo has become a you know kind of a part of the Catalan Dragons' identity to some extent, and it's sad to see him go. Kind of like, not quite to the level, but kind of like when Sean Johnson left the Warriors or Benji Marshall left the Tigers, you know, some entertaining players yep. who get the fans on their feet. And, you know, sometimes it's best for both club and player at the time. But it's still kind of sad. Yeah. So is he retiring or is he moving on? The talk is 
he might go to Toronto Wolfpack if they get promoted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, as whispery, he might even go to St. George Illawarra Dragons. No. Well, Gareth Widdop mm-hmm. is leaving and going to Warrington, so there's a thought that he might be a, a stopgap there, but who knows? I'd love wow. to see that. Is that, is that for realsies? I mean, I, it's, I feel like it's unlikely, okay. but wouldn't you love to see it? Apparently, uh, it, would, he, oh, it would make me go to St. George Illawarra Dragons. Well, apparently he spent a year with the Sharks a number of years ago. He never cracked first grade, but mm-hmm. uh, he has some experience in the well, South there are some great stories of players not really making it in first grade, the first first grade NRL the first time around, having a couple of years in the Super League and coming back and doing great things. And I cite the case of Corey Thompson, who mm. was killing it at fullback at the West Tigers. Absolutely, yeah. Now, on French television, at the moment, the games in France are screened on B in sports. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it seems like negotiations have broken down between Super League and Bean Sports about showing uh, Super League games next year. But there's a bit of whisper that potentially Canal Plus may step into the breach. And it's interesting to see how that goes. Maybe it's just negotiating tactics from Bean Sports and or Super League. Hopefully, something can be worked out. And how much more attractive might it be to a French broadcaster if there's, you know, a second French team? So it makes the the stakes even higher when you consider Toulouse uh, maybe on the verge of a finals appearance. Canal Plus, I'm assuming, is a pay TV channel? I think so. I think they also have terrestrial television side to them, but I, I'd say this would be on their sports channel so or something. It's not, it's not every Dragons game on free-to-air TV live. Well, I mean, I think B in sports is a pay TV channel. Oh, they're, def- they're a cable channel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's that sort of thing. Right. What else happened, friend? All right, so we'll talk about London. So they've gone down to Leeds 36-10 at Trailfinders. I kind of struggled for highlights or talking points around this one, other than the fact that since before we started our European vacation, I was, I wouldn't say I was, I was definitely wasn't anti-Leeds, mm. but I wasn't warm on Leeds. I didn't really feel, I didn't really care for them. I had no emotional connection to them. Yep. But after going to Leeds, mm. to Headingley, and spending time with Ian East from, Ian, spending time with Ian... I, I can't get enough of them. I'm really emotionally invested in the performance of Leeds. I, I follow them on social media. Like I really care about mm. them performing well, but more importantly, just staying in the Super League. I think it's re- given the size of the town and the wonderful nature of the town and the people and those loiners, you know I, you know I love them. And seeing them stay in the Super League has become a really important issue for me. So yeah. this game all but guarantees that will happen, mm. that they'll stay in the Super League uh, for 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm taking away from it. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Leeds is a massive city, so rugby league in that part of the world needs representation in massive cities. So it's good news. It's good news. Now, I suppose out of London's last three games, this was always going to be the hardest match against a re-energised and informed Leeds. So I think there's still hope. They've still got two games to go, Hull KR and Wakefield, two teams that are around that area. Mm. There's definitely still hope. But yeah, Hulk KR's victory against Catalan just made things a lot harder. But there's a, a massive game this week away to Hulk KR. It's mouthwatering. It's consequential. You know, <laughs> I cannot wait for that. It's going to be yeah, interesting. I, I do remember, like, we'll, we'll talk about the latter in a sec, but I do remember a couple of weeks ago feeling really quite relaxed about mm. London's chances and how yeah. the pressure seemed to be off and, like, yeah. nothing was guaranteed, but it didn't seem like it was a it was a huge problem. Yeah. And now I'm terrified all over That's before again. we yes. found out about Catalan's generosity <laughs> to relegation-bound teams. Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. All right, so let's uh, let's take a step over to the championship. Toronto Wolfpack have kept the party going, beating Barrow 62-8. to eight. You know, you know. What, what do you say? <laughs> I mean, they'll be looking forward to a proper test uh, in their final game against Lee Centurions. These these walkover kind of games are exactly what you don't need leading into a, a high pressure playoff series. And yeah. like we said last week, they've got they've got some week offs 
What is it? Weeks off. <laughs> They've got some weeks off coming up. So. Like Governor's General. That's right. That's the one. <laughs> so I think they will have a bit of a test next week against Lee Centurions. Last week we were wondering whether Lee would bring their, their full strength team to Toronto, but I think they've got no choice really. They're battling for third, fourth, or fifth spot. So I think they'd want at least a, a home final in that fourth, fifth playoff at the very at the very worst. All right, let's talk about Toulouse. Big win over the over Dewsbury, forty-two to fourteen. Yes, well, that secured them top three, a top three spot, which means they get a double chance in the top five, uh, and it's also one step closer to securing a home final in that first week of the playoffs, where second will play third mm-hmm. for the right to play Toronto mm-hmm. in the grand final qualifier. Mm-hmm. And there are also some lovely scenes for the retiring club captain Andrew Bentley, who was forced from the game with a neck injury. And there was a harker from Kiwi players in tribute. So oh, really, how yeah, wonderful! Yeah. We met Andrew, of course, uh, yeah. on our travels, and he's yeah. a really nice guy. So yeah. uh, we wish Andrew Bentley all the very best. I had one point from this game that I wanted to highlight. There was a sin binning towards mm. the end, which is when, through a bit of not definitely not illegal, but we'll say some rough tackling, Jewsbury yep. uh, guy that was being tackled, let temptation get the better of him, yes. and struck out at the Toulouse players. The Toulouse players didn't react. They simply looked at the referee with bemusement and awaited the impending sin binning. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of composure. I really liked that. It was classy. Yeah, it was exactly classy. right. Because, I mean, the temptation would have been to strike, strike back. Strike back, yeah. And then they would have been the, the sin bin as well. But uh, All right. So let's look at the ladder. Catalan, seventh place, 26 points. Negative four. Mm-hmm. That's probably where they're going to stay. Not going to the top five. They're not going to the bottom. They're just there. They're floating yeah. around, knocking about. Mid-table mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. They flirted with, you know, half-decentness. Not um, this year. Not this year. All right. So London, 12th place, 18 points, negative two. Mm. As you said before, their next game is a showdown against Hull KR, who are sitting just above them. And I, I guess they'll need to beat them and Wakefield to guarantee to avoid the relegation zone. Yeah. I mean, their for and against from memory is probably the worst of the... Negative 277, oh, which, I think is a, which I think is about 100 points below uh, the next one. So it sounds like they're going to have to win their last two games yeah. and hope other results go their way. But uh, yeah, it's pretty tense. So they've done really well to get this close. It'd just be a shame if they just fall short. Jeez, it, it really would be, wouldn't yeah. it? What do you do? All right, so looking at the championship, Toronto, first place, 50 points, plus 12, no change there. Toulouse, second place, plus four, and that's the the top five is all but settled with a three-point gap between the fifth-placed Featherston and the sixth-placed Bradford. Brilliant. So what else is going on in International Rugby League, sir? So... Turkey and Ukraine, this weekend on Saturday, played in a qualifier for the Under-19 Euro Championship. Right. The game definitely happened. There was a live stream. I missed the live stream. Okay. And I cannot find the score anywhere. Really? Honestly. So if you know it, please chime in. I've got no idea. I, I searched for so long. I found all these all these things about the game is happening, conf- mm. like, you know, pre-game hype, mm. plus uh, a link, the, an expired link for the live stream on Facebook. Mm. Nothing about the results. How about that? I translated like heaps of uh, Turkish and Ukrainian pages, but nothing. Well, I mean, I think I think we have a, a large Turkish and or Ukrainian listenership, so mm. please get in touch, ladies and gentlemen, or anyone who knows the result of this, because this is you know great to see these nations getting involved in the game. Yeah. Elsewhere uh, in the Lebanon Rugby League Championships, Tripoli have defeated Wolves RLFC eighteen nil. Oh, okay. Mm. Just in a random game, or is that a... The, the oh, grand final of the league for that. Oh, for, well for done. The, for the domestic league, so good for them. Great. Elsewhere, I read, well, I think it was last week, that Valencia, obviously city in Spain, they've put in a bid for the RFL to get into League One. Wouldn't that be interesting? Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that is cool. 
Oh, that's so cool. I suppose it's one of those things, though, that is it just some Aussie or British expat who's excited about the idea of getting something started or is it actually grassroots movement down there? It's hard to know. I don't know. Like, all those things require... Like, you wouldn't make a bid or start Mm. preparing a bid unless you had... Like, I hate to say it, but what you need most of all is money Mm -hmm. to fund the team. So they must have some kind of funding for it. Yeah. And then I guess once that's done, attracting or developing players, Mm. it's less important. So I'm going to assume they've got the financial base down. Okay. Who cares where the players come from? Yeah, that's true. I think the other thing about that is Valencia is in a strategically interesting spot. If my geography serves me correctly, it's in the north of Spain, which obviously is not too far from Catalan Dragons territory, not too far from Toulouse territory. Can you imagine? That's sort of... Uh, <laughs> I'm planning the next trip. I the, the three-way rivalry. It's not a bad road trip too, just quietly. Well, well done. Another great international rugby league update. Just before we finish off, though, I must say our York City Knights in the Women's Super League, they were undone 56-0 by St. Helens. So, look, they've had their victory for the year, and I think it's it's a, been a positive season for them. We're winding down in the Women's Super League. And, of course, speaking of Women's Rugby League, the NRLW is not far away. So as we know, rugby league speaks with a woman's voice. So I cannot wait for that in a couple of weeks. Yep. Okay. Why don't we bring this baby home with a component of the show I like to call the prog moms. Now, is there a theme song coming for this one as well that's... Prog mom? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll kick things off with the prog moms. So I already said I was at the SCG to see the Dragons play yes. the Tigers on Sunday afternoon. Uh, as a surprise to me... The pre-match entertainment was a game between the Score Dragons and the Score Raiders. Now, these are PDRL teams that have um, been developed in partnerships with the Disability Trust. So the Score Dragons have been... This is their sixth season now. Okay. And the Score Raiders, this was their very first game ever. But they were playing on the full-length pitch in the middle of the SCG. It It was great stuff. And PDRL games are becoming... Two years ago, I didn't notice any of them. Yeah. And now I'm noticing them all the time, which is great. And I think those things becoming part of just be part of the match day. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. So, um, you know, well done. Congratulations to both the Score Dragons and the Score Raiders for a wonderful game. It was highly entertaining. Yeah. And I got to, I was actually at the end of the field next to the um, tunnel where the players came off. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the jubilation that they had for, I was like, I want to play on the SCG <laughs> servers. Like, it was, that's a great thing to have done. Yeah. I mean, so, not um, just the jubilation of the players but it really lifts their families and their friends as well so yeah. it's really like a it, was, a, it was lifts the stuff. spirit yeah. of the community prog mom from me I've got a few actually just quietly Ooh, that does not surprise me now there's a there's a pillar we like to call pillar number one of progressive rugby league and that is entertain us chuck it around now there was an immense try in the Newcastle Knights Gold Coast Titans game oh I know I know the one you're talking and about. 150 metre try oh, now yeah. the Titans started with a slick backline movement that garnered about 50 metres before spilling the ball and seeing the Knights take off for a length of the field number spectacular rugby league straight out of pillar number one now I don't remember seeing an 150 metre try I'm sure it's happened before but I wonder what is the longest try in terms of meters. Like if anyone's made a length of the field break, then spilt it, and then the other team scores a length of the field try, like a 200-meter try. I do actually recall an event like that 
unsurprisingly involving the Warriors mm. from about 10 years ago. But I, I remember it went something like that happened. So it would say like a 80 meter run mm. and then strip just before the line or over the line and then run back for a try. Wow. And they called for the video referee and nobody knew which try they were, the video referee was deliberating <laughs> on. There was a lot of confusion. Oh, fantastic. 180 meter try. I wonder if that's ever been beaten. Mm. Listeners, let us know. I'm pretty sure both of the tries became no tries. So what, nothing actually happens. So. Oh, so it's not a try. No. Oh, well, that doesn't count then. Well, yeah, I'm just saying something like that kind of happened. Oh, so the record's 150 still. Maybe. We'll check that, won't we? <laughs> Listeners, right in. Uh, another prog mom, Mike Acevo. Everyone would have seen this, I reckon. A beautiful video from the NRL where his father, who had never been out of Fiji. Now, Mike Acevo is Parramatta Fijian winger. His father had never been out of Fiji. He hopped on a plane and surprised his son at Parramatta Eels training. It was really... Emotional stuff. Did you see that one, Big Al? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Kudos to all involved in that one. My other prog mom is on Roots Rugby from the USA. So we mentioned them last week in the London Nines. Mm. And they won one of the competitions and came runner-up in the other. And they're a program to show and grow rugby talents of players of African diaspora. So they're a team based in the United States of America, and you know, they're using rugby. I'm pretty sure they use both codes, wh- whatever. Fine. Yeah, so they were obviously playing rugby league last week and dominating as well. Nice. So, well done, Roots Rugby. Love I don't, it. it's hard to find more information than that on them online, but uh, if anyone knows more about Roots Rugby, I'd love to find out. So, look. What else you got, Big Al? Can we go back and talk about that, that 150 meter try that you, you were talking? Yeah, you, sure. You go for up. it. I remember watching that game, and I, I feel really. Like, I feel for the Titans, because they're in a yeah. horrible spot. They've, oh, yeah. lost, they've lost 10 in a row. Like, we've all been there, man. Yeah. They're better than that. You know, the players yeah. deserve better than that. And I thought maybe that this the game... The fans deserve the fans, better than that. The fans deserve better than that, of course. The community. <laughs> the Gold Coast community deserves yeah. better than that. Watching this game... Sorry, in the, in the build-up to this game, I thought, this maybe this is the one that the Gold Coast are going to win, because oh, Newcastle yeah. are in all sorts. Yeah. You never really know what's going to happen. And that passage of play that led up to that yeah. was, was really, it was like high stakes. It was yeah. really, I was, you know, I was gasping and I had, oh my God, what's happening? And then just to like give it up and have a, a length of the field try scored yeah. against you, man, that would have really, you know, as a fan, that yeah. really would have rolled me up. So I feel for him. Yeah. I mean, that sort of probably typifies the Gold Coast season. Every, mm. One step forward, 100 meters back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. It's been another wonderful week in Progressive Rugby League. It's been wonderful to have you by my side, Big Al. So I'm going to sign off and say Rugby League, hold me, and see ya. (laughs) Goodbye. In Rugby League, we trust. See you next week. See ya. Until next week. Catch you later. All right. You're right. You're right.